You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Isn't that awesome? So listen, Jesus said, if if you're feeling a little fearful about that end time stuff that I just talked about, about my second coming and that judgment, he said, if your knees are knocking, kneel on them and pray. And he said, and when you do, he will come speedily to save you. When you cry out at that moment. When you hear stories of Christ's second coming, it's easy to be afraid. Pastor Dion declares in his message today to just cry out to your Lord and Savior for peace. At the moment you cry out, God will provide comfort. In fact, you should ask boldly and with confidence, knowing that the Lord longs to comfort His children. So don't live in fear. Cling to the promise that the Lord hears your every cry and has good plans for your life. With the peace of Christ, eagerly anticipate His second coming. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 18, with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Sin becomes a habit or a practice just like that. We're sinners by nature, then we become sinners by choice, and then we just start doing it all the time. Right? Isn't it true, guys? Sinners by choice. It becomes a habit. You lie, you steal, you gossip, you complain, you fly off the handle. You don't want to, but you do. You just can't help yourself. You just can't help yourself. Everybody say sinners by practice. So you get it. And because we are sinners by nature, by choice, or by practice... We have a predetermined sentence. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. Spiritual death. Separation from God. To perish in hell is the sentence. So that's why the priority of Jesus' first coming was to save us from that very end. John 3.16 says, you know it well, quote it with me. God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him, everybody, will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to, everybody, save the world through Him. Yeah. Then there's a next verse. 1 John 3.8, here's what it says. The reason the Son of God appeared was to, everybody, destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus' priority of His first coming was to do just that, to help us and save us from the end of that nature of sin, to relieve us, to free us from the sin and death. So Jesus destroyed, just like the verse says, Jesus destroyed the works of sin and death. 
And guys, in the victory parade that Jesus did was a little different from any other conquering king. Any other conquering king would ride in on a white stallion. Any other conquering king would bring all of the, 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 you know, his, his prisoners in tow. They would throw the people, would, and they'd have a parade, and the people would throw roses over in front of him and just lay that out a path, a red carpet of roses. That's where that actually came out from, of a conquering king. Well, Jesus' victory parade was a little different. Jesus marched through the city carrying a cross. And instead of roses and shouts of praises, they hurled at Jesus insults and spit. But Jesus endured all of it to establish the spiritual kingdom in people's hearts, in people's lives. That's why what Jesus meant when he said the kingdom of God is in you. Meaning that those who believe in Jesus as Messiah and make him their king, his kingdom is established in them. That's the first thing he came to do, his priority of the first coming, to establish a spiritual kingdom. And where it is established is in you. In each individual who confesses Jesus Christ as their king, he comes and he reigns in their lives. That's what he meant. Freeing us individually. Now whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That is so awesome. So Jesus' first coming was all about establishing a spiritual kingdom. But Jesus warned that there would be a span of time between his first and second coming. Jesus said in the passage we read, you will desire to see me again, he said. So he said, in my first coming, I'm coming not as a conquering king, but as a suffering savior, as a suffering servant. And he said, and and I'm coming to establish a spiritual kingdom. That's my first coming. But there's going to be another coming. I'm going to come again. Everybody say second coming. There's going to be a second coming, he said. At that point, there's a second coming that will happen. The second coming is you're going to desire, but there's going to be the span of time between it. It has literally been 2,000 years, and we are anxious to see him. But there is still an event that is yet to happen before Jesus' second coming called the rapture of the church. All right, so listen, Jesus came as a suffering servant the first time. That was his first coming. And then he said between that first coming and the second coming, there is a span of time, he said, and you're going to be anxious to see me. And he said, and, but listen, in that time period that you're waiting for the second coming, there is going to be what's called the rapture of the church. When Jesus catches his faithful followers away. How many of you are looking forward to that? Huh? Now, understand. I'm glad. I'm excited for you guys too. I'm excited for us, all of us. All right? It's going to be a great reunion. Now watch. But understand, guys, that... That the rapture is not considered a coming because Jesus doesn't touch the ground during the rapture and he doesn't linger. It's in a moment, 
in the twinkling of an eye, right? And he just comes through the clouds. He never touches the ground. So it's not considered a coming. But Jesus said, between my first coming and my second coming, there's a period of time that's going to lapse. And there's going to be the rapture of the church, yes. But after the rapture, there will be seven years of tribulation like the world has never seen. It's called the great apocalypse. And after those final seven years of human history, Jesus will come again. This is what is called the second. Now John, the apostle, was given a glimpse of this event, the second coming. Here is what he saw. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. Then I saw heaven open, John said, and a white horse standing there. And the one sitting on the horse was named Faithful and True. Guess who that is? He said, the one who justly punishes and makes war. His eyes were like flames, and, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on his forehead, and only he knew its meaning. He was clothed with garments dripped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses, and in his mouth he held a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He ruled them with an iron grip, and he trod the winepresses of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And on his robe and on his thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That is when Jesus will free Israel. That is when Jesus will destroy evil and establish world peace. And Jesus told those sarcastic religious leaders that on the day of His second coming, before there is jubilation, there will be judgment. Continuation of Luke, verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. On the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife? Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night there will be two men in one bed, and don't let that alarm you, because it's the, the, actually men is not in the original transcript, so it says just two in one bed. The one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women, that's also not in there. It says two will be grinding together, one will be taken and the other left. Two will be in the field, the one will be taken and the other left. And they answered and said to him, where will they be taken, Lord? So he said to them, 
wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. So Jesus is saying, hey, listen, there's a second coming, but before there's jubilation, there's going to be judgment. At Jesus' second coming, judgment will be fast and furious, Jesus said. Like a lightning flash. He said, like the days of Noah. Like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Judgment consumed them in seconds, not hours. Don't think that, you know, it just kept raining and kept raining until, you know, several days before everybody drowned. No. The Bible says that in Noah's day, the blanket of water that covered the whole earth, it used to be the ozone layer, we call it, used to be a lot thicker in Noah's day, and God just let a bunch of that water fall, and it was, it was drowned, people drowned in seconds. That judgment came fast and furious. It was not in an hour, but in seconds people were judged. Jesus' second coming will be just like that. No time to get your affairs in order, Jesus said. So don't procrastinate. Because Jesus said, because if you do procrastinate, you will be bird food. You will be a buffet for the eagles, the pelicans, and the vultures of that area. Just let that hang there for a minute. Now listen, Jesus knew that the truth about future events can be scary. It can be scary. So, Jesus suggests, if your knees are knocking together, kneel on them. Call out to the Lord. He will help. In fact, he continues with the teaching in chapter 18, verse 1. I need to say this right here. Sometimes, guys, you know, the people who put together the Bible, put the chapters and the verses sometimes at an inappropriate place because Jesus is still teaching the lesson. And you might finish chapter 17 and think that that's all there is, but wait a minute, they were just put there. Chapters and verses were put there just for reference purposes. It's not to say, and it's over, and then again, it started a new day. There's no new day. There's no new starting. Jesus is teaching all the same people, and he just talked about judgment, and he said, if you think that's kind of scary, well, then you should pray. Here's what it says. Then Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard men, yet because this widow troubles me, everybody say, bugging. Because she's bugging me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speeding, speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? We'll stop there. So, Jesus said, hey, listen, if that, all that stuff about the future makes you feel a little bit afraid, well, you know, if your knees are knocking together, kneel on them. Jesus used this parable to teach us that we don't have to beg and plead with God for His help. 
There is no reason to become insecure and blow up his phone. Have you ever done that? They don't answer. I'm going to text. Doop, 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 doop. Holy smokes. When you're insecure, you tend to do that. But he says here, you don't have to be like that. Remember, we aren't just some random widows and orphans like the story. We are his children. And remember, Jesus told us to start our prayers by addressing God as our Father. And in this parable, Jesus also is teaching us that God isn't plugging His ears and trying to avoid us like the unjust judge. He is a loving Father that invites us to come to Him. In fact, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Isn't that awesome? To listen. Jesus said, if, if you're feeling a little fearful about that end time stuff that I just talked about, about my second coming and that judgment, he said, if your knees are knocking, kneel on them and pray. And he said, and when you do, he will come speedily to save you. When you cry out at that moment, when you're crying for salvation, God doesn't say, well, I'll get there eventually. I'll save you eventually. You just keep after it. You just keep doing it. I'll eventually save you. At the moment you cry out, at that moment, He saves then. Isn't that awesome? He's not saying, eventually I'll save you. He's not saying, oh my God, you keep bugging me already, my gosh. Never. In fact, He invited you, come boldly with confident assurance. That doesn't mean... I'm going to storm his gates and I'm going to take what, what he's... No, calm down, all right? It's talking about coming with confident assurance knowing that I'm just not a widow and an orphan. I'm a son and I've been invited, all right? Your sons don't demand. They shouldn't. But listen, you know, when my son, my grandson, when my sons were small, my grandson now, my, my granddaughter, when we go to Walmart and, and, you know, they come up and they ask me if they can, you know, have this. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes they don't ask. They just put it in the basket. What is that? Who can deny that, right? Oh, my gosh. That's, that's God, right? But now if some random kid comes up to me and throws stuff in my basket, hey, who are you? I mean, I'm a really awesome guy and everything, but who are you? I think you've got the wrong basket, right? So the idea is we're sons and daughters, and we have the confident assurance to be able to go and ask and drop things in. That is so awesome. So don't worry about the future. If that's got you scared and you're, I don't know what to do, well, just call out to him and he will answer you speedily. He says that. He will answer speedily. So as Christians, we have nothing to fear from the judgment of Jesus' second coming. In fact, we should pray for it to come. 
Jesus included it, in fact, in the Lord's Prayer. Do you remember? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray for that coming. Pray for it. He said uh, we shouldn't be afraid of it. We should pray for Jesus to come. We should echo the one-word prayer of the Apostle John in the closing of the book of Revelation. He prayed a one-word prayer. This is it. Maranatha, which means, Come, Lord Jesus, come. We should pray that prayer. So pray for the second coming to come. And pray also for boldness and wisdom to encourage others to be ready for that coming. So we should pray that it comes. And Lord, also I'm praying for boldness and wisdom so that I can share with other people about, the, about you so that they can be ready for your return. Isn't that awesome? So they should pray for that. Now, and if you're here and you haven't made Jesus the king of your life, the next story that Jesus tells is what you should do to avoid judgment on His second coming. The next story Jesus tells is about two guys who are praying. One of them is a Pharisee or a religious leader, and the other is a tax collector, you know, one of those sleazy sinners. And Jesus said the righteous man comes in on, uh, you know, based on his self-righteousness, and he comes in and he prays, he says, God, he looks over at that guy, you know, and he says, God, thank you for not making me like him. Thank you that I fast twice a week and I pay tithes and I do all of these wonderful things. Not like that guy. And then Jesus says, but the tax collector, he stood in the back and would not even lift up his head, but would beat his chest and say, I'm not worthy to receive your benefits. And here's what Jesus said. This guy who prayed in humble repentance is the one who walks away justified, just as if he'd never sinned. In other words, he forgives them. Isn't that awesome, guys? So if you're going to start praying, don't tell God all the wonderful things you've been doing. When you're coming for help, don't try to buy him. You know, God, I'm just such a great son. Now, Lord, I call to you from where I'm at. I don't deserve to be called your son. I, it is unbelievable that you would even extend that to me. So I call out to you for your help and your healing, for your hope and your strength. And at the moment you cry out, your sins are forgiven. You're adopted into God's family. It happens just like that. As we cling to the simple We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Simple Truth. 
We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Luke has given you a new insight into the life of Jesus and brought you closer to Him. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. You'll find them under the Sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link. And don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who may even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you pray also for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He may lead. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more at tmcalvary.com. Just click on Donate. Thank you for praying about this, and thank you for joining us today on The Simple Truth. Together we stand Together